Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Big changes coming in Minnesota, specifically to restaurants and bars. Earlier today, Minnesota Governor Tim Wallace held his press conference talking about the impact of COVID on the state. They're seeing a big rise right now in case numbers, especially here in the western part of the state, also in hospitalization. So Governor Wallace is saying, look, if we're going to mitigate the situation, we've got to start to make some changes. I'm going to share those with you in a moment. But first, let's just talk for a minute. Let's have some common sense, right? Think about this. Minnesota had the lockdowns. Remember, they were locking everything down. Can't go out. Ask, I think he said today, for 51 days, the people of Minnesota need the lockdown. Then he comes out with the mask mandate. Uh, they had the AG threatening small businesses, saying, hey, look, if you're going to have people in here and do these kind of things, we're going to come after you with $25,000 fines. <laughs> they had the gall to tell the president of the United States to limit the number of people at a peaceful protest, a rally, right? They had to limit that thing to 20, 250 from 25,000. So they, they do all these things. So when I lay all that out for you, shouldn't Minnesota just be crushing COVID right now? Based on what you and I have been told, and remember, follow the science, based on the lockdowns, the mask mandates, the AG going after people, Shouldn't Minnesota be absolutely just crushing it right now for whatever reason? I'm not an epidemiologist, but they're not. So today, Governor Walls made some changes to the size of gatherings, what you can do at restaurants, the times. Here's more from Valley News Team's Callie Hubbard. Governor Walls says these are the darkest days of the pandemic, adding that there are many more ahead. Starting Friday, all bars and restaurants in Minnesota must end dine-in service between 10 p.m. and 4 a.m. Indoor capacity will be capped at 150 people and may not go over 50% of total capacity. Bar counter service will be closed for seating and service in all places besides places that have counter service. For those establishments, patrons can line up with masks and then return to their table. The governor said these restrictions follow research showing that these environments become riskier later in the evening. So then after uh, today's presser, and thank you to Governor Walz and his team, because they ended up having actually a media uh, press call just, just about Greater Minnesota. So I thought that was fantastic. You had Governor Walz, Lieutenant Governor Pen Peggy Flanagan, uh, Minnesota Department of Health Director Jan Malcolm. There was probably some others on the call as well, but a chance to ask them questions. And so uh, one reporter asked a really good question about, hey, if you're going to be closing down the bars, are you going to see people from Minnesota? We, we, we know this is going to happen from East Grand Forks, Moorhead, bouncing over here to North Dakota. But also um, in the statement that the administration put out today, Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan said, hey, look, we are seeing skyrocketing cases in our neighboring states, i.e. North Dakota and Minnesota. And that is now starting to bleed over into Minnesota and, and you know, raising some concern, if you will. It's not an exact quote, but essentially what she's saying. So. I asked her about that today on this press call. I said, hey, Lieutenant Governor, are you thinking about maybe, you know, restricting the borders? At one point, you may remember they actually had sort of a quarantine order that if you're bouncing back and forth between each state, you would have to quarantine for a certain amount of time. So I asked her about that. Uh, it's a little bit longer here. It's just audio. So please bear with me. You might want to turn your volume up. But here's what Lieutenant Governor of Minnesota, Peggy Flanagan, had to say. That's not something that we have on the, the, the table right now. I think you know, we just need to be good neighbors. And I think our expectation would be that North Dakota and South Dakota would be good neighbors as well, following the same kind of guidelines of distancing, masking, uh, washing hands. Um, you know, we are, uh, we, are, we are all very 
closely, um, you know, together in this. And, uh, you know, there's no plans to, to close the borders. Uh, we just are, are looking for, um, I think, for a stronger partnership and making sure that, that all the folks in, in the states that, that we are responsible for, um, you know, are, are, are taking this seriously and, and uh, are doing what they need to do to, to stop the spread. That's why we've made these decisions that, that we did today. So can you just kind of paint a picture of what that stronger partnership looks like? Well, I think as the governor mentioned, you know, um, you know, he has uh, strong relationships with the governors of, of North and South Dakota. And, you know, we uh, will continue to, to communicate with them. But I think, you know, we are responsible for uh, for the state of Minnesota. That is uh, what our, our role is. But, you know, I think we also can model for surrounding states uh, how to take this seriously. And, and we've consistently, I think, done that in, in the Midwest and will continue to do so. So again, thank you to the Walls administration for, you know, being focused on greater Minnesota. I think sometimes we up here feel like, hey, we're here. <laughs> Somebody pay attention to us. So I appreciate them uh, doing that. Now, earlier today, the Minnesota Licensed Beverage Association, they represent a lot of, you know, smaller family-owned like liquor establishments, businesses or whatnot. Their executive director, Tony Chesick, put out, put out a pretty strong statement saying, look, you know what, the administration right now, rather than using a scalpel, they're using a hatchet. He's suggesting that only 2% of the cases that are attributed to uh, restaurants and bars. And he said, I talked to him earlier today, and I'm going to share this interview with you in a moment, but he said, Chris, I'm getting just flooded with calls from these small business owners. They're obviously very, very emotional. One of the things I'll share with you, and you're going to hear this interview, but I, I asked him, hey, with these restrictions and not knowing when and if they're going to end, what are we looking at for some of these businesses? I mean, how long can they last? He said potentially 40% of them could be closed down forever. Forever. I was stunned by that stat. So here's my interview with Tony Chesig, the executive director of the Minnesota uh, Liquor and Bureau Established Beverages Association. Tony, welcome to Point of View. Uh, some tough news today coming out of Minnesota for obviously the Restaurant and Bar Association. You know, I don't know if you watched Governor Walsh's press today, but he, he was like, look, I don't want to be that guy from Footloose. I don't want to be the bad guy. And you see the numbers. I'm going to share with you quickly, you know, the hospitalization numbers uh, going up dramatically. The case is going up dramatically. I guess the obvious question is, what do you think Governor Wallace could do better for your association? And how much is this going to impact you guys? Um, the reaction that we got initially was, I mean, I received the information via Twitter um, yesterday when um, it got announced by, I think it was a reporter, uh, uh, Peter Callahan, I think from Midpost, was the one who, who I saw it first. And then I read it this morning in this the uh, in the Tribune article, uh, kind of confirming what had been speculated. And so the initial reaction was we didn't know there would be a dial turn. We didn't know that there would be any further restrictions going forward. I have kept intimate, close numbers or tabs on the numbers, um, and has have watched Minnesota the last several weeks. Uh, uh, rates have gone up, deaths have gone up, um, all the bad things that have happened because this coronavirus has happened. Um, in a pretty short time frame here for the third spike, as they call it. But when we were uh, dealt the news last night, kind of second, third hand, and then confirmed this morning, and then um, was able to have a conversation with our hospitality roundtable group that meets every couple of weeks, um, it was devastating. We didn't know it was coming. And now it's just kind of in reconnaissance mode to 
educate our, our members of our association on what the mandates are, what can they do to work within the parameters of those mandates and guidelines, and uh, try to do our best to to survive this as it goes forward. You know, that that's the thing. How many, you, you hear about all these great restaurants and bars in Minnesota that already had to close down permanently. We just lost a place called the Gastro Pub here in Fargo. With these kind of restrictions, especially I don't think we know how long they're going to last, do we? No. So um, we, we don't know how long they're going to last. And the thing with not knowing how long they're going to last has been um, troublesome because, and I, and I give the governor a, a ton of credit. He's one of the most difficult jobs that probably nobody wants right now is to deal, to be at that position dealing with this this uh this with this pandemic and 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 kind of flying blind and at night at times trying to figure out how to navigate through these these difficult times but what i did give the governor credit for for sure today is he really did give some positive vibes to our hospitality association for doing our best uh his comment i believe was like no fault of their own um is this restriction of dial turn to the left happening um, that 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 was that was gracious of the governor to give us the props on that to acknowledge the fact that we're doing our best as an industry to keep our above, noses above the waterline, um, try to still make a buck doing this, keeping our staff employed, keeping our customers happy, keeping our our uh, everything else that we do as an industry thriving um, in these tough times. So I give my license holders credit for doing a really good job of of, of being compliance with these mandates. Um, I'm not sure how we're going to deal with the new mandates coming forward. It'll be difficult to take us a little time to regroup. Uh, but I do thank the governor for uh, acknowledging what we're doing is, is is a positive thing. I want to play for our audience. Um, you put out a pretty, I thought it was a strong statement today saying, hey, look, th this isn't a scalpel, scalpel. This is a hatchet. Why are you going after the bars and restaurants? They're only affiliated with 2% of the cases. So I literally, before I chatted with you, had a call with the governor, Lieutenant Governor Jan Malcolm and said to them, Hey, guys, I want to share with you what, what Tony said and just get your reaction. So I asked them about your statement and then said, is it true that the bars and restaurants, only 2% of the cases in Minnesota, um, here's what the response was. We'll give you a chance to react. Chance to address that uh, that question. I think what what we, a couple things here. Um, when we attribute an outbreak to a specific uh, bar or restaurant setting, um, we've used a pretty high bar, a high threshold. Uh, to define an outbreak, um, and uh, we know that that's just the tip of the iceberg. We also um, only report uh, the, the numbers of primary cases, so only the first case. Our projections, are, our data do not attribute all the cases that came from that initial case to the uh, bar or restaurant setting, but we, we we do um, absolutely know that, that people do spread to multiple people who then spread it to more. Um, we've made some estimates that if on average every person spreads it to three others, then that is just an average. Some people don't, some people spread it a lot more, others not, uh, not nearly as much. Um, that, that one case eventually leads to more than 70 cases after four cycles of transmission. So the numbers get very big very fast. But if you just add up the primary cases, uh, bars and restaurants um, account for um, about uh, 2,800 cases, which is the same number as all the other social settings combined. Um, so we've, uh, again, tried to be very focused on, on where these um, so, Terry, I want to give you a response to that. Just he's saying that, hey, look, bars and restaurants, she didn't call them a super spreader, but of all the other cases combined and sort of these gathering arenas, what say you? 
Well, the numbers that that Commissioner Malcolm gave in the in the in the Min Post article yesterday was the 31 3185 number. The 3,185 people have been contributed to receiving COVID, contracting COVID from a bar restaurant setting. Um, which, if you do the numbers on that, with 189,000, I believe 691 confirmed cases to date, which I know there's a lag time in that, which I understand, um, that attributes to two percent. And 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 I'm not diminishing the fact that two percent isn't a big number. That's not what I'm getting at, but. Um, when you're doing the dial turn back on an industry that's responsible for 2% of what is claimed to be um, confirmed cases, the outbreak numbers are a bit different. Um, and that wasn't mentioned in the response as well. The outbreak numbers that were given, um, that 5,218 people were considered to receive, uh, contribute to the outbreak um, for hospitality industry. And it got boiled down to bars and restaurants of 2,406. That's actually less than 2%. Um, from the outbreaks, but considering that we are contributing to the outbreak and to the contractions to other people, we take that seriously. Um, what I didn't see happen this, today was any dialbacks from any other industries that may contribute to more than a 2% contraction rate. Um, that's kind of where I was going with the, with, with, with the hatchet comment, Chris, is more of, of we seem to be the one that's signaled out in this specific situation more than other industries or other businesses, business sects are. Um, and there, there, there has to be other avenues where this contraction rate is higher than, let's say, a 2% in the hospitality industry, which is just going off of numbers that were claimed. That's where that comment came from. So um, um, again, Mr. Malcolm and all the folks that are on these calls um, have a very difficult job and have never dealt with these situations before. Um, me being the representative for the hospitality industry, which I am, um, I'm going to be a cheerleader. I'm going to, and I'm going to expect more from my people than, than 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 maybe some of them are giving me. However, in situations like this, um, the numbers are what they are, and I'm reacting to those just for the simple fact that that was that was reported on. Hey Tony, I don't know where you're located at, but I'm in Fargo. We're right on the border with Moorhead, so we've got obviously a lot of border cities here and whatnot. You look what's happening in North Dakota and South Dakota. Um, a lot of cases here. And yet there was a reporter on the call today as well that said, hey, how concerned are you that people are going to just bounce from, you know, either Moorhead, East Grand Forks, Thief River Falls over to North Dakota or South Dakota right. and then you just bring it back. So now you're losing business for these bars and restaurants and yet potentially bringing COVID back into the state. Just want to get your thoughts on that. Two things on that, Chris. It's, it, it's an, that's an accurate assessment, no doubt about it. I think the two things go that, that, that 10 o'clock bar closing, um, me being a father, 50 year old father of four. Uh, 10 o'clock's getting late in the day, right? I understand that. So don't pick on me on that one, Chris. But <laughs> other folks that in that sweet spot of age between 21 and 35, leaving the 20, 20 year olds and the, and the 18, 19 year olds out of this mix, um, they're a moving group. They're they're a healthy group. They 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 have their own perception of what they what they're dealing with during this pandemic. And at 10 o'clock, where are those people going to go? Are those people going to go home and wait for the new day? Are they going to go to somebody else's home or garage and kind of continue their evening? That's a thought for discussion. I've been around long enough to remember when Minnesota had one o'clock bar closing and Wisconsin had 2.30 bar closing on Friday and Saturday nights. And I know public safety had a heck of a time in Duluth and those bordering towns up in that area dealing with the cross traffic back and forth from the folks that were looking for last call. Smoking ban era came through Minnesota years ago, which all the states did. And a lot of those folks to become transient trying to find the last call uh, avenue or a place that they can enjoy a cigarette and now it'll be an alcoholic beverage. Um, I think people are going to be traveling when they shouldn't. Uh, that's a concern of public safety. 
Yeah. Um, and so I think that's going to be a big issue, pushing businesses to other communities, other states. Um, and, and I think that's going to be a, a, a point of contention for other states to do with as well. I will say my football coach always said nothing good happens after midnight. So maybe you just move it to midnight. I've always been concerned about that because you know, true, true to the fact that I'm a parent now and I think I've said the same, that same thing 50 times. So. Uh, last question for you. You know, I think one of the things Governor Wallace talked about today as well was I, I believe it was a $10 million fund for small businesses. You know, what would you like to see the state do? Should they be doing more? And how concerned are you? I mean, what percentage of bars and restaurants potentially could be out of business for good if this thing doesn't turn around quickly? I think I'll, I'll go from back forwards on that one. I think 40% is a, is a conservative number to consider that folks are not going to survive this. Um, going to holiday season, a lot of our restaurateurs and our bars depend a lot of the holiday push um, to kind of finish their year off on a, on a positive note. Um, without federal funding, it's going to be difficult. I know the state... Uh, Commissioner Grove and, and 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 the like had talked about a $10 million stimulus package that's going to be offered to the bars. There's thousands and thousands of bars that are going to be in desperate need of funding until there's additional state funding, which I know that we're, the hole we're in in Minnesota is as deep as any state's dealing with right now. Um, Commissioner Grove, I believe it was Commissioner Grove made the comment of the state can't go into debt as much as the federal government can go into debt. So we're kind of leaning on the federal government a little bit more. But as as this announcement, was made today. Um, I don't know if, if the carpet's before the horse on this, where maybe some federal funding should have been seeked and kind of solidified before the dial turn happened. But because we're in the situation we're in right now, um, I don't want places to be open 100% to not ask for any funding on these issues. But as it, as it stands right now, we're going to need some substantial financial help to get through this. There's no doubt. What, what, two things quickly. Did you say? You think 40% are going to close down indefinitely, and that's a conservative number? I believe. I think 40% wow. is going to be that good. I'm, I, we've got hundreds of calls at our office, and that's just from people that are members of our association or affiliated with our association. There's a huge swatch of, of, of businesses out there that don't even communicate with our trade associations like a lot of our memberships do. So I'm projecting. I'm, I, I think 40% is, is, is a pretty accurate number to go off of. Um, the National Restaurant Association has their numbers of how this is going to pan out at the end of the day. But um, we're thin margin because people don't understand that, that we're not a double-digit profit margin industry. This restaurant bar industry is a single-digit profit margin industry, and, and other and other things can definitely help or hurt a business going forward on this. So, um, 40% is a number that's been kicked around a lot. Um, I think it's going to be an accurate uh, assessment, specifically after this last round of, of restrictions. Uh, I'm not sure how we're going to survive this, um, but we got to get through this. We got to get healthy um, and, and people have to kind of react to this in their own way. Thank you so much, Mr. Chesick. I mean, can you imagine 40% of the small family restaurants, bars gone? I just think that's a stunning number. Real quickly, I want to share this with you. We talked about it last night. I want to say thank you to Gray Television, Gray Media, because someone somewhere helped me out. My Twitter account, it's back. It was suspended and now it's back. I have no idea why it was suspended or why it's back, but thank goodness it is. All right, please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.